Hello, I'm Ben Eagle, a podcaster, journalist, and rural communications consultant, and welcome to Rural Business Focus. This is the podcast for rural businesses and those looking to start a business in the countryside. Episodes are released each Tuesday to inspire and support you to be your very best, both personally and for your business. Please subscribe to the show wherever you're listening, and if you think this episode will help someone you know, forward it on to them. It's the only way the show grows, by you sharing it. So thank you for that. But now. Let's start today's show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 72 of Rural Business Focus with me, Ben Eagle. Now, one of the challenges we face as rural businesses is how to connect with each other when we're so geographically far apart. Well, we saw in a previous episode how this is being tackled in the US uh, with Startup Colorado. Um, Go back to episode 36 if you haven't already listened to that one. Um, And they provide support and promotion for small and medium-sized entrepreneurial rural businesses um, based in the state of Colorado. But here in the UK, we have some similar organisations, and today we're profiling one of those. Herefordshire Rural Hub was founded in September 2004, uh, way back then, to support economic, social and environmental improvements in the farming and rural business community in Herefordshire. And from events and workshops to one-to-one business advice, they work to ensure that local delivery and support is joined up. And to date, we're going to hear more about the Hub's work and ask perhaps whether the kind of support that they offer should be more widespread for rural communities. I'm joined by Kate Speak-Adams, who is Managing Director of Herefordshire Rural Hub. Kate was a Voluntary Director of the Hub since uh, since 2018, um, and in January 2022, Three, she was appointed as MD to lead on the development of the hub, uh, which was made possible by the Prince's Countryside Fund Farm Support Group Initiative. Kate, welcome to the podcast. It's really good to have you on. How are you doing this morning? Hi, Ben. Really well, thank you. Good. Is the sun shining in Herefordshire? It is in Norfolk. No, it's a very gloomy day in Herefordshire. Oh, no. oh dear. Well, I'm hoping this 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 will hopefully brighten the day. <laughs> let's let's dive straight in and introduce the hub for somebody who hasn't come across it before how would you describe Herefordshire Rural Hub? Uh, I think we're the person you ring when you've got a question you don't know the answer to we're in support forum a support network for any rural business you know a lot of those in the county are farming businesses we're a not-for-profit we're community-led so we have to constantly adapt what we do to then whatever that community challenge is that month that year and you can imagine in farming in particular those changes those change all the time we're not a membership organization we don't do any lobbying we try to remain impartial so that people can trust us and the advice they access from us we try to make sure that that's free for those users as well and hopefully yeah if we don't know the answer we know the people who do and in terms of, sort of specific support um, for businesses um, in Herefordshire, what, what are you actually doing? 
Um, a lot of our work at the moment focuses around the DEFRA future farm resilience support. So we we can see the challenge that people are going to have losing those subsidies, the basic farm payments, and trying to ensure people access good business advice and are making sure they plan for the future. So we're doing a lot of some business skills workshops, trying to help people do better cash flow planning, thinking about how they're going to replace that lost income in their business rather than getting to a point of crisis. We're always trying to avoid that crisis if we can with better planning up front. You know, we do a lot of um, translation, I guess is the word. You've seen the hundreds and thousands of words documents that come out mm -hmm. of our government organisations about funding schemes, about regulations. And so we try and distill that into a user-friendly language plain English to say this is what's available or these are the rules that you should be following so we do I think a lot of translation trying to make things concise and easy to people to access and understand we then share that in our newsletter which goes out monthly or in workshops and events we do lots of meetings to try and help people understand a particular topic. You've been with the hub since 2018 but I mean you've been going um, nearly 20 years um, so can you sort of maybe give us a, some history um, to it and and sort of reflect maybe on, on what the hub has achieved in that time yeah our founder Kathy Meredith who's still one of our directors used to get really frustrated by the lack of collaboration especially in rural areas like Herefordshire where you have potentially dozens of government organizations and local organizations all sort of tripping over themselves to visit potentially the same farm drive one after another on a Thursday afternoon. Yeah. And it was really confusing for farmers. It still is now. I can't say that we've overcome that, but we really champion collaboration. That's our, you know, if we can get everybody working together and reduce that sort of knowledge load on farms so that they don't have to have six people telling them slightly different versions of things yeah. and we've it's a success for us so we've kind of developed networks and partnerships and collaborative approaches in the county to try and bring people together to say okay well if you all need to do events on soil management why don't we do it as a group and then we'll do twice as much impact. We can share all of those budget. We can share staff resource. So we've spent a lot of time trying to get collaboration sort of embedded within the county, really. And that's probably started around BCMS and cattle movements, the introduction of single payment scheme and cross compliance. And those themes just continue in with a different name. You know, it's now yeah. sustainable yeah. farming incentive and farming rules for water, all of these changes that farms and rural businesses have to keep up with we're there to try and explain how it relates to them is available who it's available from rather than them having to search through dozens of websites to find out the information they need yeah give us an idea of some of those collaborative projects that you're running with with other partners one of the projects that we help host is called farm herefordshire that brings together 12 organisations who all work with farmers in the county. It includes the NFU, the CLA, the Wildlife Trust, the Rivers Trust, Catchment Sensitive Farming, all sorts of different people who are all trying to get to the same farmers and engage with them on particular topics, I suppose. That group has a sort of um, has chairman, 
has steering group, it has various different delivery groups. So last week we had a meeting of the advisors who work in the county that brought together all the environment officers, all of the Central England and CSF staff. It brought together all the wildlife trust officers. There was a room full of us and it was really reiterating to each of them. Imagine if we all drive up the same drive next week. It's 12 organisations we have to work together to make sure that we don't overload people. Otherwise, we won't have any impact rather than having a small one. We can work together and have a really great one together. So we do a lot of collaborative work through Farm Herefordshire, especially around water quality. Um, and that's led to some really good projects that have developed out of that. For instance, we're working with the Environment Agency at the moment, trying to improve awareness of the regulatory requirements around soil and nutrients and water and they've supported us in creating some short sort of leading practice. I won't call it best because it's never your best. You can always improve. Um, but leading practice, short videos, farmers explaining what they've done on their farm. You know, speaking to other farmers, really, to help inspire others to have a go and experiment at different things. Um, so we've done quite a lot of short videos. Those have been really positive. And we've done some translations. So we've done a guide around farming rules for water, what you should and shouldn't be doing. We're in the middle of a how you can and can't manage water courses. So there's lots of designations on our rivers, which means people are, you know, tangled up in all sorts of things that you can and can't do when it comes to wanting to remove a tree or manage a ditch. And we're trying to give a priority on that. And the Environment Agency are really supportive because they feel like more people understand the less work they'll have to do in a regulatory capacity you know it helps their approach as well so through these wider partnerships there's some really great projects that come out at the other end to help people on the ground for listeners in other parts of the uk perhaps other parts of the world um just describe herefordshire for us um in terms of what it's like its size uh, population uh, kinds of businesses you have i did some reading up on this to make sure i was ah. factually correct <laughs> We're very productive. We produce lots of really high quality food. Our landscape is very diverse and very green and beautiful. We've got more than food to offer. We've got iconic rivers like the River Wye, which is the birthplace of British tourism. You know, we've got a lot of history and heritage, few areas of outstanding natural beauty. So there's lots of opportunities for businesses to diversify and I suppose on natural assets our population is predominantly rural most people live in you know it's picturesque black and white um, timber and villages still and businesses that we have are predominantly micro and small businesses and I think that's common across the country but what we do have is a low rate of business churn if you know that if you've heard the terminology I hadn't really come across it before say, tell, <laughs> tell us about business churn so it, in theory, it means that the survival rate of a startup business is better in Herefordshire. So if you do set up a new business, I think it was in five years time, it's 50% chance that it'll still be running comparatively oh, wow. to other areas where it might be only 25 or 30% chance of it still be running. So I think we can be proud of ourselves for that. Having said that, we do have some... I won't call them limit, limitations, but, you know, connectivity is still a challenge. We are a rural county, so there's yeah. plenty of black spots for if you want to run a rural business and you want to be able to 
do your accounts online. That can be a challenge depending on where you're located. We've only got five miles of motorway to our name. (laughs) So that's more than Norfolk. Rural Business Focus is brought to you from Rural Pod Media, the only podcast production agency to specialize in the rural sector. We're on a mission to make rural stories mainstream and help businesses, organizations, and communities like you to tell your story through podcasting. Podcasting is a fantastic way of connecting with your audience, whoever that might be, getting your message out there and networking with leaders in your niche. Rural Pod Media can help you by launching your new podcast or helping you with the technical side. We also provide podcast training and an audit service if you already have a podcast, but you're not sure where to take it to next. For more information or to book a call, visit ruralpodmedia.co.uk. That's ruralpodmedia.co.uk. So in terms of Herefordshire's uh, specific challenges, uh, a lot of listeners will probably know roughly of the River Wye situation, um, but give us a broader picture um, of the county's challenges. Yeah, it doesn't make us proud to know that we're notorious in the country for having rivers that glow (laughs) green because of algal blooms. But, you know, there's there's truth behind some of the headlines. We have got a real challenge with nutrients and is having an impact on the river but also our economy as a result so it's become not just an environmental hot topic for us it's also impacting on us from an economic point of view in the county so because our rivers have multiple designations they have quite a regulatory test to meet it has meant that there's planning moratoriums in place in at least half of the county And that is impacting on housing development. It it means that if you're a business wanting to diversify, you may not be able to. Sort of implications if you wanted to put in a muck store, for instance, at the moment, you're having to sort of commit and demonstrate that that wouldn't lead to an increase in livestock numbers on holding. So we're starting to really feel the sort of tightening of our collars, I think, compared to other industries during this, have not felt such an impact, you know, for the housing builders in the county to be told, you know, next Monday, you can't build any more houses. We won't be granting any planning permission. It's had an incredible impact on their businesses. You know, lots of architects, as well as planning consultants, as well as the builders themselves, have either gone bust or had to move elsewhere to build properties. So not great for our economy to have a river in a state of crisis. At the moment, agriculture you know, is the largest land use in the county and therefore also the largest sort of contributor of nutrients. And we're learning pretty fast how it has happened. And it hasn't happened overnight. It's taken decades to occur. It comes down to a sort of a nutrient balance approach on farm. If you imagine running a business, you might import fertilizer, livestock feed, detergents all sorts of things have nutrient and it's particularly phosphate in them but if I then export grain or milk or beef whatever my produce is and what I export off my holding isn't quite as much nutrient as what I've imported I start building my load that's what's been happening in the county for decades We've always had a lot of livestock, whether that was, you know, dairy originally, now a lot of poultry. We're bringing in a lot of nutrient into the county and not actually then sporting it all back out. So we haven't got balance sheets 
that's been building our nutrient load in our soils. And we're now at a point where nutrient comes out in solution into from our land drains and enters and accumulates in the rivers. So it's what's causing and contributing towards those algal blooms. As a business, as a farm business, we want to make sure we're as efficient as possible. We don't want to bring in nutrients that cost us money that we aren't going to utilise. So we're having to think how we improve our efficiency in order to benefit the business and the environment so it's it's been really interesting the last couple of years there's farmer groups that we work with we've got a facilitation fund group who are doing their whole farm phosphate balance and seeing what those imports and exports look like doing some water testing checking what their land drains are actually losing most farmers think it's not them causing it but until you've tested a vial of water and seen the reagent turn blue and go we might actually be losing phosphate ourselves that's our water's clear though we didn't you know it's not soil being lost so we're doing a lot of work around that and those farmers in the heritage group are advocating with their peers and neighbors to try and help spread the understanding so that we can all do better so we all do need to do slightly better so perhaps those businesses farm businesses but other businesses uh, that you work with as well what are they saying to you at the moment in terms of their concerns what's at the top of their minds there's a lot of uncertainty in general around future markets weather finances all of these different things are a challenge so no matter whether you're a small or a large business it seems to be a sort of another tipping point of what's going to happen next where are we going to go to diversify our income streams what we're getting constantly at the moment is a lot of inquiries about regulatory visits so I've just mentioned the challenges we've got with water quality as a result of that we've got 50% of the environment agency's resource for the West Midlands deployed just for Herefordshire so they've done hundreds of farm visits this year they've done remote sensing inspections so the regulatory presence in the county has ramped up significantly and a lot of people are worried about are they compliant? You know, they're being kicked up at night thinking, oh my goodness, is this me in prison? What have I done this? How do I comply with that? When are they going to come back and reinspect me? So we are working really closely with the Environment Agency to try and help people understand that the way farms are inspected has changed. You know, the onus is on us and farming rules for water and in a lot of the future schemes around sustainable farming incentive the onus is on us to demonstrate compliance with the requirements of any of these schemes we have to have an evidence burden that shows we've made an informed decision and this is why we've managed this field or that option in a particular way so that seems to be a bit of a you know we're reaching a bit of a simmering point around that presence at the moment positives um, and you've already mentioned that a lot of businesses in Herefordshire are more, are more likely to survive, let's say that. Um, why is Herefordshire a good place to run a rural business? Oh, it's a long list. And I think, you know, the ability to have a diverse range of income streams because we can produce food and we have got the environment to sort of uh, capitalise on and tourism benefit. We've also got the fact that because it's a rural area, People do need rural businesses. It's the foundation of the county because, you know, if you haven't got your local suppliers, 
you're not going to get them for miles and miles and miles. So there is a really strong foundation of rural businesses keeping the county ticking over. And that's a very, you know, strong network, I think, between uh, suppliers and processes and the growers themselves. I think that's been really demonstrated this couple of months. So in terms of similar organisations to yours in other counties, um, what is there and, and do you engage with them as well? Yeah, there are sort of rural um, support groups all around the country stretching, you know, in the north from the farmer networks supporting Cumbria down all the way to the Isle of Wight rural hub. And we work with a lot of those through the Royal Countryside rather than Prince's Countryside Fund as they were, um, because they have a support group initiative, which helps bring us all together. We can share best practices, things that went wrong. We can sort of help figure out how other people are engaging with farmers and learn from their successes as well so that's been a really really positive space to sort of collaborate with others who are in exactly the same position as us and trying to achieve the same things in other parts of the UK if you don't already know who your local organization is they've got a directory on the Royal Countryside Fund website you can go and have a look at and see who's operating in your local space Um, and if there isn't one perhaps you'll be inspired to think Thank you. That sounds interesting. What a yeah. you know worthwhile organization. We can't believe we haven't got one and form your own because there is a big space, there's you know, a big appetite within the rural communities for this kind of support if you get the right people in the right place doing it. There's a good call to action, listeners. I like that one. Um <laughs> anyone who's feeling very proactive out there. Uh for your hub though, um clearly got there's a lot going on and there's a lot of change happening in the countryside at the moment um what was coming up immediately for you in terms of events in terms of support we've just finished our annual rural business advice day we had a couple of hundred people through the doors um visiting standholders and partners hearing speakers and uh, presenters about key topics as soon as that one's finished you have to start thinking about the next one and we have to really think about for 2024 because event has grown to such an extent we've outgrown any venue in the county so it's now bigger than yeah we can't find a venue big enough that can accommodate (laughs) the number of people that want to attend so we're having to think about how we change the format of the event perhaps to sort of make it easier to spread the visitor load throughout a day rather than just an afternoon so we're thinking about that and we're getting a lot of interest in kind of role we can play in helping people understand and access private financing uh, so we did put in a bid to DEFRA's local DEFRA's landscape recovery scheme and we should hear about that in the next couple of weeks so it'll be interesting to see how our role as a sort of convener of a, as a trusted place to convene people whether it's organizations or groups of farmers can help to help those businesses adapt and perhaps access yeah private finances and make them sort of resilient over the long term environmentally but also economically so accessing all those different types of support would be really key for us um website social media where do listeners go to find out more about what you do yeah all those usual suspects social media we have got a free free newsletter that people can subscribe to uh, admittedly some of it the events and discussion points will be very uh Herefordshire centric that's who we are but we do share you know 
all the updates and regulatory and scheme details which are applicable across the whole country so and we've got lots of other subscribers from around the country we don't if you're not from Herefordshire, you can't get in it's the it's still open to all so if it's useful then please do subscribe well kate thank you so much for coming on the show and telling us more about the hub and what you do and it's clearly uh, a really well used and an important service for for businesses in Herefordshire. so keep up the great work thank you so much for having me ben i've been a big fan we listen to this on our commutes and think oh. about our Like a guy and all of these different things, you know, they've they've had a lot of impact on how I've taken on this role and, you know, the skills that I need to develop to do this role to the best that I can. So it's been really great to be here. Thank you. Oh, that makes me really happy to hear that. Thanks for that. Uh, That is it for today. Uh, Huge thanks to my guest, Kate Speak Adams, and thank you very much for listening. Um, Next time will be the last episode of the year for the pod, and I'll be talking about planning the new year and setting goals for 2024, which is nearly with us. For now, though, I'll leave you the way, in the way I leave you every episode. Try to do one thing this week that helps you progress and one thing that helps someone else. Keep focused and I will see you next time.